Welcome to Advance Your Belly Dance, a weekly podcast all about the business of belly dance. I'm your host, Jana, and every week you'll get belly dance business tips you wish your dance teacher told you when you first started. From how to start your first email marketing list to what you actually need on your website and everything in between. Let's get started. This week, I'm talking with Scheherazade. Scheherazade is a professional dance instructor and performer specializing in rock sharky as well as traditional and social dance styles from around North Africa and the Middle East. In 2015, Scheherazade moved to Egypt to live and work full-time and has since made a career as a performer appearing in top nightclubs as well as film and media. To supplement her 20 plus years of dance training, Shahirzad also holds several fitness certifications, including becoming a PMA certified Pilates instructor in 2013. I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did, and thanks so much for listening. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Advanced Rebellion Dance podcast. This week, I have another very special interview guest. Welcome, Shahirzad. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for taking the time to join. I believe Cairo is the same time zone, though, I think as Berlin, maybe. I think it's evening for you too, seven o'clock-ish, right? Yes. Yep. Okay, great. That's always the best when we're in the same time zone that I don't have to think about like waking up someone <laughs> or staying up too late. So that's good. So I want to get right into it. Um, I read your bio at the top of this episode that people will hear, but um, basically I want to know all about at what point did you decide I need to move to Egypt? I know you've been there since 2015. Yes. And what was the deciding factor for you to, to say, okay, I'm going, I'm going to go dance in Egypt. This is what I want to do. Well, uh, I guess it was a couple different things. And also let me start from here. There was another time where I was already considering moving to Cairo, which was a lot earlier than I ended up moving. Um, in 2011, I had come to visit and I was going to start looking at job opportunities because um, I had been really encouraged by some of the teachers that I'd been working with from a really early stage in my career and my training. I really focused in with a lot of Egyptian teachers and mm -hmm. dancers working in Egypt because that was just the style I was gravitating to. And that's also kind of what was drawing me to, to spend more time here. Like, even if the performing didn't work out just to get the experience and the knowledge that I wanted to, and to emulate the style that I wanted to, I felt that it would serve me the best. So <laughs> January, 2011, I was here and then the revolution started. Mm -hmm. So then I went back home, which actually worked out because in those in-between years, I was able to do my Pilates certification and training, um, do a lot more teaching. I started to tour and teach. Um, so everything was on track. But then around 2013, 14, I was already starting to tour and teach a bunch. But I found that my style was changing a lot. Um, just being only in the dancer for dancer world, the dance style is very different from the style of working dancers, mm -hmm. especially dancers within the Middle East. So 
I saw my style starting to so fundamentally change and I really didn't like it anymore. So again, I was kind of drawn to this idea of coming and spending time. And even if, like I said, the performing thing worked out or didn't work out, I would have the experience that I really wanted to, to make my dance what I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. And what changes, I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes. I can think of a few having never danced in Egypt, but what changes have you seen mainly in the dance scene from your time there? I know when I started over 14 years ago, there weren't that many foreign dancers in Egypt. And now it seems like there's a ton. Um, but aside from that, what other changes have you seen during these last six years? Um, obviously, yes, there have been a lot of huge changes. Um, but I think the aspect that sometimes gets lost when belly dancers look at the situation is they're only looking at it through the lens of belly dance. But really, it's been a complete transformation of the whole nightlife and entertainment industry in the past several years. And these huge changes have also affected the way that dancers work and the way that dancers are presented. Mm -hmm. So in the past several years, we have all of these things like the huge growth and importance of social media and how that's affected entertainers all over the world and how they promote themselves and how they present themselves. We also have this huge development in the music scene in Cairo of Maharganat really becoming this kind of like over crazy, like popular musical style, not just in Egypt, but now in the whole Middle East. And we've also had huge changes in the nightlife. Um, when I first started coming here, there were so many more venues where you would have a dancer with a full band doing a full show. And there were less Western style nightclubs. But over the past five years, it seems that the demand from the Egyptian public, especially the higher class clientele, it's going so much more towards an, a Western vibe, a Western look as far as nightlife goes. So whereas in the past, you would see so much more of the sit down venue to watch a show with a dancer and a singer, so much of what people are going for now are like these trendy clubs where it's mostly standing room and a bar with a DJ and people drinking. So obviously they are still interested in dancers, but because of these fundamental changes in the venues and the music, like the way the dance is being presented has fundamentally changed. It sounds like it's adopting more of a a Western attention span, which means we don't have that much of an attention span in the in the West where it's I can't imagine many venues wanting to just like have their patrons sit and watch like it's like, okay, now we have to get up and dance too. And yeah, uh, that's yeah. what I mean by like the aspect of social media that people really need to understand. Like that has been a huge change and it has done exactly what you mentioned. Social media has shortened our attention spans, even for live stuff and people want that interactive experience where they can take selfies and they can post their stuff on social media and follow and get to interact with the people they see on social media it's it's affected everything mm -hmm. so to not take that into consideration it's just not Bus looking at a big yeah. picture <laughs> and business opportunity loss for the people that are in the business of keeping these clubs <laughs> going they have yes. to, to keep up with it 
Um, with that, what do you predict will be the future of, um, I guess, dancers in, in Egypt and the Middle East in general, but also foreign dancers being able to come there and do what you do, essentially? I mean, it's definitely hard to say what the dance scene is going to look like. Um, I personally <laughs> would love to believe that the the older style venues will have a resurgence at some point, but in all honesty, we just don't know that. And also so many things in entertainment and the world are just changing so quickly that it's so hard to anticipate what will happen next. Um, it is interesting, again, from a social media perspective to look at the current situation of the dance now because people are so prolific with posting things and it's often very misleading about what's actually happening just in general on social media. Mm -hmm. um, but during the past year, there has scarcely been any work for dancers here. Um, and now as things are slowly starting to open back up, there was a curfew till 9 p.m. Now they lifted it till 12 as of today. We'll see if some of those other venues are coming back and if more work will open for the dancers. But I anticipate if things stay in this kind of state, we're, we're going to have a lot less opportunities, um, which means maybe we're going to see less foreign dancers here. But who knows? Once things open up, we could have a huge resurgence. Yeah, people are tired of being at home. And mm -hmm. it could be that they're just going out every night and wanting to actually dance and see dancers. Um, you've recently posted about your Shahrazad Studios online classes. Um, what's been the transition like for you to online classes? Was that always part of the plan or in the last few years? Or was that something that you had to pivot like many other dancers during the pandemic? Mm -hmm. It's interesting because a few for the past few years i had already had the idea of wanting to put a lot more educational content online but pre-covid i was completely overworked and overwhelmed between when i was in cairo i was doing nightly shows and then when i left i was doing workshops so i didn't really have the time and energy to be able to put the work that I wanted into a project like this. So it was kind of an opportunity to start a project that I had wanted to do for a long time. Um, and it's something that I want to continue to do and, and take time to film a lot of stuff here. Cause despite the situation with the commercial entertainment belly dance business right now, there's still, a huge amount of really amazing stuff to see here, art and culture wise. Um, and there's a huge underground scene of musicians and artists who are really kind of working on maintaining the, the classical styles, even though it's not the trendy thing right mm -hmm. now. So I'm really, it's been a great opportunity to, to be able to develop all of that. I remember when I interviewed Aziza, she had mentioned that one of her predictions for the dance world is all this uh, slowing down. And what you mentioned, just the bringing up perhaps the resurgence of classical styles, where the pandemic has kind of forced us to evaluate 
lots of things, obviously, but now we're all at home and we can't do all these fast paced types of things. The competitions aren't, I don't know how well competitions are going to do after this, you know, so it's this idea of slowing down. It's a very interesting perspective. I think that kind of parallels what you just mentioned about the the more classical style, the underground, where I think people are very interested in it. It's something different that people, dancers aren't used to seeing all the time now at festivals, right? It's all about the competition and the, and the glitz and the glamour and how fast can you do this and that. And, and this idea of slowing down things to have a different kind of like, okay, this is actually where the dance, like, this is what it, you know, looks like when you're not constantly hectic and, you know, you're not competing for anything. Yeah. So, yeah, I think people are, are more interested in that than, than we perhaps thought, or maybe that's just, the pandemic making us <laughs> that way. Um, in regards to your your classes, what has been the biggest thing that you learned producing all this? Um, like, did you think it was like, oh, I'm, I have now like the time to do this on my own? Or you're just like, oh God, I didn't expect this when I started or these challenges? Um, overall, it's been a really great experience i've got to say like i've been very very lucky um and i think an opportunity that it gave me was to connect to students that didn't usually have access to me you know it's definitely a challenge which has been interesting because teaching live is very different than teaching online there Mm -hmm. are so many new skills that i had to learn um but i I've enjoyed the experience for sure. And I've been really happy that I've been able to do this and it's opened a lot of new doors and ideas and opportunities that just weren't there before when I was just on the grind. Like you said, it's slowing down. You can take your time more. And also in teaching more regularly and being able to interact with students from all over, I was able to start to one pinpoint things about myself that I wanted to upgrade uh, about my dance or about my knowledge. Um, But also from the student perspective, I really got to, because I hadn't taught regularly other than workshops for years. Mm -hmm. So I really got to get in tune with what knowledge gaps are there for students as well and kind of streamline what I'm doing towards the needs of the community. Mm -hmm. Are you planning on continuing uh, regular online classes once you're able to dance in the nightlife again? Yes, I think I am. Um, I'm going to keep doing both live classes and pre-recorded video stuff because it's just it's been such a great thing. It's been such a great supplement. Um, it's been great to stay connected with my students in different parts of the world. And it's something that I've really enjoyed because I really do love teaching maybe even more than performing. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's definitely going to be a fixture of my life now. I hear you there. I definitely love teaching way more than performing too. I Um, love teaching. It's just, I feel so much more like at home teaching students and giving them like joy rather than just like dressing up and going to get, I don't know. I just, I, I always felt better as a teacher than as a performer. And I really do hope all these, all these dancers that have had online classes this last year, they continue. I think it's really important also for accessibility and just being able to, 
to take classes just from anywhere in the world. And I, I really hope that continues, but I also understand people are dying to get back to the studio and it's technology is always a struggle and all the things that come with that. So I do understand that as well. So are you ready for the, I'm just going to keep calling this the non-lightning round of questions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a better name for it. I'm not that creative. So it's basically just three questions. It's just full in a blank. Yeah. Um, okay. So first one, the biggest struggle I face in belly dance is blank. And then the second part of that is the best way I'm overcoming that struggle is. So your biggest struggle in belly dance and how you're overcoming it. I would say that my biggest struggle in belly dance is imposter syndrome. <laughs> I think a lot of people, yes. Mm-hmm. I I care probably more than I should or just like put more energy than I should into just wanting everything to be the best it can be and be representing things in the most like respectful, authentic way that sometimes it really, it holds me back um, in what I'm doing. But again, the more time that I have to spend on my own study and my own learning is what really gives me the confidence to get over that in my life. So constantly learning things and being in that state of evolution is what gives me the most confidence and makes me feel the most happy in my dance life. I think almost every dancer that I've interviewed has that same, like everyone has imposter syndrome. So I hope whoever's listening knows everyone has that. Um, it's just, it's normal. Yes, I think yeah. so too. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Second question. My favorite belly dance memory is blank. Oh, come on. You um, have to try to choose one. I know everyone's question. like, oh, I can't choose one. Just the first one that popped in your head the second you heard that. Definitely um, my top belly dance memories are all things that have happened here in Cairo. Um, some of the best nights were going to see big grand shows, like some of the New Year's shows let's say that some of the new year's nights where I got to perform and then I got to go to one of these huge gala shows at a fancy hotel with all the star singers and dancers. And it's just so opulent and like the height of what you would want the Cairo experience to be with these huge bands and everybody's just dancing and partying and enjoying until the sun comes up. Those are my absolute favorite not just belly dance because this is just what I love in my life, but best mm-hmm. belly dance and life moments. <laughs> and last one, uh, the one thing I'd love to offer the belly dance community is. Hmm. I would say it's a hard one for me because I have two opposite sides of the spectrum. On one side, I really want to be able to give dancers solid anatomical knowledge and connection and understanding to their own bodies specifically so that they can tailor the dance to themselves and it can be something personal that helps their bodies that's never going to injure them and only adds to their life like this is a huge thing that i want to give to dancers but on the other more cultural side of things i 
am in love with this culture and the music and the dance and the arts. And I would love to be able to use my experiences to help connect people to the culture directly and have some of those same experiences that have been so special for me. Amazing. Thank you so much for this. Uh, where can people find you? So you can find me on my Facebook page, Shahrazad Dancer, on my new Instagram account, Shahrazad Studios. And then I have my website up that has all of my live class schedule, as well as a new membership um, option that we started last month, which is a video of pre-recorded classes that I add to a couple times a month, um, unlimited access. And that is shahrazadstudios.com. Okay, great. And I will add that into the episode notes. So whatever app you are listening to this on, you can just swipe up and click on that. Thank you so much for your time. It was great to virtually meet you and speak to you and for sharing your knowledge. And thank you for those listening. And I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And until next time. Thank you so much. That's it for this week. Don't forget the Digital Marketing for Belly Dancers course is now open for enrollment. Again, this online course is made for belly dance business owners like you, where you'll learn everything about which online marketing strategies and tools to use from how to brand your business to how to create your content strategy to get more students and everything in between. To find out more, visit jana.dance forward slash digital. That's Z-A-N-A dot dance forward slash digital. I am also doing a special Q&A episode answering all your belly dance business related questions every month. So if you want your question answered, there's still time. You can always submit your questions at advanceyourbellydance.com and ask away. And if you love this podcast and have found it helpful in putting together your belly dance business, then please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with a short review of either how it's helped you in your business or your favorite episode. It'll take less than a minute, and this really helps other awesome dancers such as yourself discover the podcast. And if you ever want to reach out to me on social media, say hi or ask any questions or leave any comments, you can find me on Instagram at Jana Dance. That's Z-A-N-A Dance. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.